Okay, I have a confession to make. I am somebody who in the summer rolls down all the windows in my car and cranks the tunes. How many of you do the same? A few of you. Yeah, okay, come on, let's own it. You know, before there were boom boxes in the 80s, there were many of us who looked around at a store that was called Radio Shack, and we would find whatever speaker we could. We didn't have those massive subwoofers in those days that would rattle the windows in your house, but we beefed up our cars as best we could in order to have the tunes blare as we went along. You know, I can remember adding eight tracks and cassettes, and I still remember that first car that I had that had an equalizer in it. Ooh, I tuned that thing so perfectly that I could just turn that volume up to that threshold of distortion and just really blast it, set it right. I'm sure there were a lot of people that were shocked. Not shocked because of the volume, it was nowhere near what it was, is today on some of those things. But more shocked over some of the music that I was playing. Because you know what? It wasn't always rock and roll. It wasn't always what was on the radio. I have very eclectic music taste, I would say. I'm anywhere from ACDC to Luciano Pavarotti, from Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande to Bob Dylan and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I have Bach and I have Copeland. I have Alanis Morissette. I have Beethoven and Mozart and Cyndi Lauper and Supertramp. I have all the organ works of Bach, and I used to crank those out as I was going along the road. I have Broadway musicals. I have all sorts of things, and whatever it was I was playing, I cranked it. And many times, many times, I would sing along. You know, songs are like that, aren't they? Sometimes you just want to sing along. Whether you can sing, whether you can't sing, the music just moves you to sing with it. You know, as I saw this psalm for today, Psalm 121, there is a song that I am reminded of that reminds me of this song so much. The composer Felix Mendelssohn wrote an oratorial called Elijah. And in Elijah, there is one of its great choruses that is entitled, He watching over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. It goes through my head whenever I hear this song. You know, as I said, it's titled A Song of Ascent, and as Kathy said, it's a song that would be sung as people walked up those mountains. But it also can be a song of protection. You know, I want you to think for a moment about a time that you were on a long vacation or maybe a long trip somewhere and you finally were coming home. Finally, you came back to your city and then into your neighborhood, to your street, and then finally to see your house. And maybe you said those words, it's good to be home. I say that because I want you to think about that in terms of picturing this psalm. The psalm was one that was sung by those who were pilgrims to Jerusalem. All over the Roman world, there were people living who were followers of the one eternal God, whose desire in life would always be to come to Jerusalem someday, to come to Jerusalem maybe to celebrate one of the festivals, to celebrate especially Passover. The phrase was, if you couldn't make it that year, you would always say, next year in Jerusalem. 
But the journey was long and arduous and dangerous, and getting there was not an easy feat. So think about making that journey and finally rounding that place in the bend where you see the great mountains of where Jerusalem is built, where Mount Zion is, where the temple is. And those pilgrims that would come from far and near would see that and begin to sing this song. Hear those words again. I will lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You know, those mountains could be dangerous. Jesus tells us that in his story of the Good Samaritan of a man making his way from Jerusalem down to Jericho out of the mountains, attacked by robbers and thieves. But here in this psalm, there is protection talked about, that the Lord of heaven and earth watches over. And it's not just about the mountains. It's about the city that's built in those mountains. And it's not just about the city that's built in those mountains. It's about what's in that city, the temple. And it's not just about the temple, but it's about who dwells in that temple, the Lord of heaven and earth. And it's not just about the Lord of heaven and earth, but it's about who that Lord of heaven and earth is to you and to me, the Lord who watches over us through all things. You know, I think a lot of times we put that in the back of our minds as we live our life, that the Lord watches over us through all things. There was a man by the name of Randy. He was a steel worker, and he was working on a skyscraper in Chicago at one time. He needed to reach a part of the skyscraper while he was working, so he undid his safety belt to reach it. Well, at the moment that he was without the safety belt, someone bumped the scaffolding that he was on, and Randy fell. He fell over 110 feet straight down. On his way down, he missed debris that was standing there from the construction site and materials that were there from the construction site. And he landed in a pile of soft sugar sand that was there to mix for the mortar. They called the paramedics. They came immediately to check him out. And the only thing that they could find wrong with Randy was that he had a sore back. Well, they insisted that he still needed to go to the hospital to get checked out. And as they strapped him to the gurney and as the paramedics walked carefully around all the debris and the things that were at that construction site, Randy looked up at them with fear in his eyes and said, Guys, be careful not to drop me. (laughs) You know, isn't that it so much in life? We think, and like I said, we put it in the back of our head, God protects us for the big stuff, but what about every day? What about the little things? What about the things that we think are so much in our control? The things that we think we have the world around us to manipulate and to do whatever it is we need to do. You know, Jesus in the gospel today sends out his disciples into the world. He gives them power over the spiritual and to preach. And they go out to do these things. But Jesus also gives them a warning. And he says this, And if any place will not welcome you 
or listen to you. Leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. You see, he wants them to be ready. It's not that every place is ever going to welcome them. They're not all going to rejoice at their coming. They are not all going to accept you when you come into a town. There's going to be rejection, and there's going to be hardship, and there's going to be persecution. It's going to happen. Expect it. It's true of us too. There are things that are going to happen in our lives. And we need to expect that they will. That there will be tragedies that strike and hardships that will come and suffering because we live in a sinful and broken world and we are sinful people. And we bring about much of our own destruction by our wanton ways. But our Lord tells us, even though to expect it, we can expect something else. We can expect as the people of God to come through it too. You know, often at every funeral we have, we recite those words of the 23rd Psalm and that line, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. No promise not to be there. No promise that it won't happen to us. But definitely a promise that we will go through that valley. So in this psalm, Psalm 121, the promise is that the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Life will be lived with its hardships, with its suffering, but there will still be one who is with us through all of it, who watches over us always. You know, I think it's easy in life that we think about the things that can happen and we get focused and we become pessimistic in those things so often. That these are the sufferings and that there's nothing else and we forget that blessing of our Lord's presence and the blessing of who He is in our lives. There was a story of an optimist and a pessimist who lived next door to each other and you can imagine their conversations daily. The optimist would come out and say, what a beautiful sunny day it is. The pessimist would look at it and say, yes, but if the heat doesn't end, all the grass will burn up. We can think of that today, can't we? The optimist would come out on a day that it would rain and say, isn't rain glorious? And the pessimist would respond, but if it doesn't stop, it's going to wash my garden away. Finally, the optimist looked at the pessimist and said, you know, I want to invite you to go out duck hunting with me. Duck hunting, said the pessimist. Why would I ever want to do that? The optimist said, well, I have a brand new dog, and he does something that no other dog can, can do at all. The pessimist looked at him and said, I'll go with you, but you know what? We'll probably both end up drowning in the water. The optimist shook his head. Finally, out in the next morning, the sun cresting the horizon, a flock of ducks flew over, and the optimist took aim and dropped one. He said, now I want you to watch. Look at this dog and what he can do. He motioned to the dog to go get the duck, and the dog went out running on top of the water. He went to where the duck was. He picked it up. He ran all the way back again on top of the water and dropped the duck at his master's feet. The optimist looked at the pessimist and said, now have you ever seen a dog do that before? 
The pessimist just shook his head and he said, it figures the dog can't swim. <laughs> you know, it's easy to laugh at that. But it's true in our lives so often we get focused on the negative. We look only at the suffering that is immediately. We look only at the things around us. And we forget who it is that watches over us, the maker of heaven and earth. We forget when our eyes are turned downward and inward to lift our eyes once again to the author and finisher of our faith, the one who has redeemed us at such a price, the maker of heaven and earth who doesn't say to us, climb up here to these mountains, to this temple, and when you do, then I will receive you. The one who says to us, I have come down to be with you. Don't climb to me. I will meet you where you are. The one who says to us in our coming and our going, in the starting of our lives and in the ending of our lives, he has promised to watch over us forever. You know, that idea of protection in our lives is an interesting thing because I think a lot of times we think about protection and we think that that means nothing will ever happen to us, that we will live forever a charmed life. But we must remember when we look at the cross, the place where our Savior gave his life for us, that that cross doesn't symbolize a charmed life. It symbolizes a place where our leader ended up where our eternal God gave his life for us, where he won the way for us through the cross, not by avoiding the cross. It symbolizes the promise of his being with us and watching over us while we do all things in our life, that the maker of heaven and earth doesn't forget his promises, but he keeps them. I will lift my eyes to the hills. For when comes my help, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help truly comes from the God of eternity who gave his life, who shed his blood that we might live through him, that he might be with us in all things, protecting us, guarding us, and bringing us home to be with him forever. Because he alone can accomplish that by his great power, by his great mercy, and by his great love. Oh, I don't know if your song this summer, if you roll down the windows and crank the tunes, is going to be Mendelssohn's He Watching Over Israel. But I pray that the song in your heart will always be, The Lord watches over me. He is the one who cares for me in the dark of night in the bright of dawn, I will look to the Lord and he will rescue me. Amen.